Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Belong Church. Happy Fourth of July weekend. I just want to look in the camera straight away and just tell everybody who's watching us online, part of our online campus, we're so glad you're with us. And of course, everyone that's here with us in person, we're so happy for you as well. Happy Fourth of July weekend. I'm sure this is the weekend that most people are celebrating, so there's probably a lot more people watching online than are physically going to try and make it to church today all across the United States. As we celebrate independence. This morning, my message is a little bit of a paradox. And let me just preface, preface this just a little bit, saying that this message is a little bit more on the deep side, the, the deep end of the pool, if you will. And, and I'm, the title of my message this morning is Surrender or I Surrender. And you might say, well, Pastor Kevin, why are you doing that message on 4th of July weekend where we wouldn't surrender and we fought for our independence? And, and I, there is a paradox in there if we're looking at the natural, but we're looking at the spiritual. And there is the, the thing that I can't fight for my own because I could never be good enough. I could never do it well enough. I could never fight hard enough to win what I need, but thank God for Jesus, because Jesus paid the price for all of us. And while this may be a little bit deeper than what we normally go, as I said already, the deep end of the pool kind of thing, it is healthy, and it is something we all need to hear and to understand. And it's one of those pastoral type of messages that is good for us and helps us to actually grow and not just, you know, keep on hearing the same kinds of things over and over again. Every week when I close my message, I give an opportunity, an invitation to begin or renew a relationship with God. And I often include the, the line, I surrender my life to you. Because how many of you know when you're making that transition from doing life on your own, to now saying, Jesus, God, Heavenly Father, however your understanding of him is, and even if you don't understand, that's fine. But when you make that transition, you have to give up something of yourself. You have to say, I'm not going to just say this prayer, and then I'm just going to keep doing things the way I've been doing them. You're saying, I'm surrendering my direction. I'm, I'm surrendering my will. I'm surrendering my life to you. Because there's a, an understanding, even if you don't get it, yeah, it may take many years before you really get the, the mental understanding, but there is the component of saying, God, I've made a mess of my own life. And there's things that I would do that you wouldn't do, and it gets me in trouble. I look back and go, oh, I've got regrets. I look back and say, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. But can I tell you something? No one who follows the will of God, no one that follows their surrendering their life to God and say, God, I'm putting my life completely in your hands, looks back later and go, man, I wish I hadn't have done that because that didn't turn out right. But always when we do it our own, we can look back and go, oh, uh, if I just had a do-over. Maybe you've even heard me say at the end of the, the message, I've tried to do it on my own. 
And that's where all of us are at one point in our lives. We want to just do it, and we do what the best we know and the way we are, we're brought up and the way we are reared by our families and our, our parents, our mothers and our fathers and those people who had intentionality in our lives. And recently I heard someone say, you know, my dad told me that I, religion is for, and I'm not going to use the other word that he said, but it's for, and he just pushed it away and he goes, I didn't do anything at all to follow God. In fact, he would tell you he doesn't know anything about God. So what do you end up doing? You end up trying to live life as best as you can figure it out. And many times we end up with mistakes. But can I tell you the last thing I want for our church, for our worship experience, our Sunday morning or our Wednesday or our day-to-day living out life, the last thing I want is for us just to use phrases that means something to some people, but clueless to others. And I think so often time, that's what's happened in, in church, that we have this um, Christian ease that we use, and we use all these words, and, and someone else comes in like, you guys sound like fanatics. You sound like weird people. And, and, it's, and really, that's the, the, the thing that prompted me to do this message, because when I say, hey, you need to surrender your life to Christ, I, I started realizing that there are people that go, what in the world do you mean surrender my life to Christ? I mean, that sounds like the most stupid thing in the world. And how would I even do that? And maybe even if you say that prayer with me at the end, and, and you know, spoiler alert, I'm going to give you that opportunity at the end of this message as well. But you might say that and go, I, I, I'll follow you and say it, but I, it sounds pretty weird to me. What I'm trying to do with this message is to debunk all of that weirdness and kind of explain what it is and why that is. Many of you know that I used to be a deputy sheriff in Florida for seven and a half years and went through a lot of training and continuing training. And, and, and one of the great um, teachers that we had was started off, he was the major over all the patrol units um, whenever I was there and then became the colonel. He ultimately became the sheriff of our county while I was privileged to serve there. And, but the first time I heard him in this type of context, it was Major Brad Stubbe. And Major Stubbe told us the story, training us as law enforcement professionals what to do if we're ever in a situation and you're not in uniform, no one knows that you're a law enforcement officer, like you're in a bank and they try to stick you up. What does everybody say, even in the movies? Put your hands up. And everybody goes, whoop, hands go straight up to the air. He goes, don't do that. Don't raise your hands up all the way. He goes, comply. He goes, but just do it to hear. And, and what he trained us to do is you have more options to reach over and grab something, to do something. You, you can do stuff from here, but if you're here, you're going to telegraph down. But it made me start thinking that even in giving up and surrendering and saying, hey, I'm not going to be a threat to you, you could still be a threat. You could still be able to do something in that situation. But there is this external action that is involved in giving up. Even the point that he made of us doing that when they say put your hands up is because they're trying to take control over what's going on in that situation. Can I tell you that when we worship, notice that I said when we worship, because we're supposed to worship, and that's, that's the purpose we have at the beginning of every service, for us to worship God, 
You may see somebody that has their hands raised, and you might say, what in the world is that about? Why are you doing that? Are you trying to get somebody's attention? Are you trying to say, hey, it's hot, or it's too cold, or can you do this, or hey? No, it's, it's actually, it's an external expression of surrendering. It's capitulating to say, God, not my life, not my will, but yours. We extend our hands to heaven. And and there's multiple layers in that. There's certainly surrender, and that's the topic of this morning's message. But there's also the childlike faith of if you have a child coming running up to you, what do they do? They don't just stand there with their hands down by their side when they're really young. What do they do? Just instinctively, they raise their hands like, pick me up. Come. I want to be with you. I want to hang out with you. And there is certainly that component in spending time and worshiping Jesus and worshiping God and, and thanking him for all the things he's done for us. There's a yearning to be closer. That's like, I just can't get close enough to you. Oftentimes when I see my wife walking, I'm like extending my hand out like, I can't get there quick enough. You know, sometimes I even fake run to her, like, I can't wait to get near you, and I just want to hold your hand, or we're driving in the car. He's like, can you just touch me? Can you just, like, I, I know i got to have my hands on the wheel, but can you just touch my arm? Because I just want to be close to you. Can I tell you, as you get closer and building a relationship with God, you have that same yearning inside of you. And there's certainly the adoration. You go to a concert and you see the, the very famous people that are up there and everybody's like raising their hands up and they're trying to get, that's adoration. And, and all of that is not necessarily bad. It's normal. It's natural. But can I tell you, the same way it's natural in a rock concert, and the same way it's natural in a sporting event, it's natural with our Heavenly Father. To worship God and to raise your hands and say, God, I just love you. God, again, this morning, I'm surrendering my life to you. You might say, hey, God, that problem that's been bothering me all week long, man, I'm giving it up to you. I I had a situation like that when we still lived in Florida. We went to see Tommy Tenney on a a night, and and we were there for the whole weekend. And the drive from Sarasota up to Brandon is about a 45-minute drive, an hour. And I'm so happy to spend time with Lenore. But the weight of the world was on me. had a really, really pressing, very difficult situation that I didn't know how to resolve. I didn't know how I was going to get out of this. And it, it was a very, very serious thing I was facing. And as I got there into worship, and as Jeannie Tenney started leading worship, I really felt God say, hey, if you will just let go and worship me, trust me. How many of you know that when you're in a desperate place like that and you have that kind of a word, you you put your hands a little bit higher, you stand on your tippy toes, and and you're just trying to reach out even more. He's like, okay, I'm I'm giving it all to you. Like, if you're going to fix this. And the awesome thing is he did. See, it's a sign of recognizing who 
you're giving it all over to. You see, I'm not splitting hairs about how high you extend your hands, literally, but, but figuratively I am. I'm saying, man, you need to stretch forth everything. So if you're one of those people that just has your hands raised here, that's fine. I'm not, I told you the funny story about the Academy and Major Stubby and then you know, ultimately Sheriff Stubby. And, but it wasn't to say, hey, if, if, you're, if you're keeping your hands like this, you're trying to keep control. That's not what I'm saying. My question to you is, who are you surrendering to? Are you in charge of your life? Are you still trying to do it on your own? And I'll tell you, I believe that there's a constant tug of war. I believe that constantly we're in this tug of war between surrendering our life to God and wanting to do things on my own because we were raised to whatever number you are at in your life this far. All those years, you're used to doing it on your own. And now to turn and say, God, I'm surrendering it over to you. You may give it to him, and when you're walking out, put it, pull it back down and put it in your pocket and walk out the door. And you may have to be reminded over and over, there's a constant tug of war of who's going to be sitting on the throne of my life. But can I tell you, in 1 Corinthians, if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me. If you, if you don't have yours with you or if you don't have a Bible yet, it's um, on our app. You can get the Bible on there. You can read the one-year Bible. And, of course, it's on the screen behind me. Starting with verse 19 of chapter 6, Paul, who we've talked about a lot recently, is saying, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? So when you accept Christ, when you say that prayer, inviting Christ into your life, you're accepting and surrendering your life to Father God, God the Son, who's Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. In fact, Lenore is going to teach really, really soon, and people say, when is really soon? Because you keep saying this, and it hasn't happened yet. Well, you can ask her that, and I, I need to ask her that myself, but she's re ridiculously w well at doing that. But she's going to teach you about surrendering your life to the Holy Spirit, which is a secondary act. But when you, when you recognize that the Holy Spirit of God, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Father is living inside of you, we see, do you not know that your bodies are temples? It's a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received. See, that's part of the prayer we lead you at the end is you're receiving God coming into your life. Look at this. You're not your own. You're no longer all by yourself in life going, man, I, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to make it through today. No, 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 no. You're not your own. You're not on your own. You've received God. Verse 20, you are bought at a price. That's an amazing thought. Just stop and think for a second whether you've been a Christian all of your life or this is the first time you're really hearing a message about God. Jesus paid a price for you. Knowing the totality of your life, all the times you're going to miss it in total, not just up to now. And he said, I'm willing to pay the price. You're bought with a price. Expensive. Cost Jesus everything. The rest of it says, go on. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. He, he purchased you. 
He's redeemed you, and now he's like, now go honor God. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's something you have to do. Trust. Man, you say, I don't know if I can trust God. Hey, there's some things you just have to step out and say, God, I'm trusting you. That, that example I gave you whenever I had that difficult things and really serious things going on in my life, I go, God, I trust in you. My whole heart, and it didn't make any sense to me. And lean not into your own understanding. Don't do that tug of war between doing it my way because my own understanding's over here, but I don't understand over here, but I gotta trust in the Lord. Look at this, verse six. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. And I love that. Why? Why do I need to submit to God? Why do I need to surrender to God? Why do I need to say that prayer at the end? Why do I need to walk down this thing and letting him? Why can't I just say the prayer and then just keep on doing life like I want? He will make your path straight. Remember I said that you'll end up doing things, you look back and go, man, I wish I had not done that. Remember I said that I've never heard anyone who followed God and submitted their life to God that looked back and said, man, that was a terrible mistake. No, because when you submit yourself to God in your ways, you say, God, I'm surrendering to you. He makes the path straight for you. He leads you in the right ways. Can I tell you one of the worst things you can hear? Just about all of humanity is the word submit. And even as I read that in the scripture, I kind of just went right past it because everybody would be like groaning like, oh, gosh. Oh, look at the time. I need to go, uh, you know, because we don't want to hear that word submit. We don't want to hear submit to your bosses. We don't want to hear submit to your husbands. We don't want to hear the word submit yourself to God. We don't like the word submit. No one likes it. But can I tell you, literally in the scripture we're about to look at in the book of James, it means to place or to rank under. Can I tell you, you can't be surrendered to God and still call the shots in your life. You can't have that tug of war where you're trusting in God and is being submitted to him, and then the other just lean into your own understanding. Hey, whatever I think is what we're going to do. You can't be surrendered and still call the shots. Can you imagine this lower-ranking soldier in the army or some military or, you know, even in law enforcement, there's chain of command, and, and he's just like, I'm not going to listen to those that are higher rank than I am. And, and he's not even recognizing his purpose and his place in rank. He's not recognized that he's ranked under someone that has a higher rank than him. How long do you think he's going to last in any kind of chain of command when he doesn't recognize that he's ranked in a place and there's someone that's a higher rank? See, literally in James chapter 4, verse 7, it says, submit yourself to God. Submit literally means that you're under a rank with him. You need to recognize that God is a higher rank than you are. You need to recognize that and not just say, hey, God, we're equal over here and I'll just do my life like I want to. But God, I recognize you trump me. You have a higher rank than I do. Therefore, I'm going to submit to you. Resist the devil 
and he'll flee with you. Remember I told you just a few scriptures ago, if you submit yourself to God, then he'll make your way straight. That's an amazing thing that he's going to like make all the curves and everything out. He's going to make it so it's straight. How many of you seen that commercial for, uh, for this particular car? They see this winding roads, and when you get in this car, that all of a sudden it just stretches out the road, and it's just straight and going, shoo! Well, that's kind of what God does in our life when we submit to him. We say, hey, God, I'm going to give you my all. He says, here, resist the devil. You have the ability to not say, the devil made me do it. Because when you resist him, when you trust in the Lord, he will flee from you. Look at verse 8. Come near to God. See, we're going more into this side of the tug of war. Hey, I'm going to come near to you, God. And he'll come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. And he's not like throwing judgment at you. He's not shaking your finger. He's like, man, you've all missed it. So you need to stop trying. Wash your hands. You need to purify your hearts because you have this double mind. You have the way you've always done it. You have the way that you've just done it all of your life. You're going to do it the way you think. And then there's this other side that God's like, hey, trust in me. You're double-minded. You're pulled two different. You need to purify your mind and go, oh, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to come near to God. I'm going to wash the dirt of of this life off, and, and I'm going to recognize that I've missed it, and I'm going to purify my heart so I'm not going to two different minds. I love this in James chapter 4. He says the same things. Humble yourself before the Lord. You're going to put yourself in a lower place. You're going to purpose. This is something, again, you have to do. God's not coming down and saying, all right, Today you're getting humbled. And people are like, oh, God humbled me. God doesn't humble you. You're supposed to humble yourself. Situations may cause some difficulties in your life that force you to humble yourselves. But it's God's will. He tells us, look at here, humble yourselves. Look at the last part of that. Not just so you're lowly. Not so you're just on the ground. Not so you're groveling. So that he will lift you up. That he's going to be the one that takes you to the place that he's prepared for you. Where you say, it's not the way I think it needs to be, God. I'm going to submit myself to you. And he goes, hey, let me lift you up. And let me put you over here where I've got the plans that I know for you. Man, you're going to enjoy your life. Look, look the road's going straight because you're doing what I want you to do. You're living the life that I have for you. First Peter 5, 6 says the same thing. Humble yourselves before Therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. See, we got two different people, two different disciples telling us the same thing. Hey, you need to bring yourself down low. Humble yourselves. Don't just continue to say, hey, I'm the king of my life. But surrender to God. Then he will lift you up in due time. And if we just stop there, that, that's awesome. And you might say, well, that's a pretty bitter pill to take, Pastor Kevin. Look at the next part. Verse 7. Cast all your anxiety on him. If there was one thing that I, I said this over and over again, if there's one thing that I hear most common among people that I talk to is anxiety is wrecking everyone's life. Here's the cure. Here's the answer. Submit to God. 
Humble yourself. Then when that anxiety comes, you go, oh no, that's not my problem. I got somebody that ranks higher than me that's going to take care of that. Oh, Okay, here you go, anxiety. Those things, those thoughts that keep me up at night. Okay, here you go. Go talk to God about that because, woo, that's not me. That's beyond my pay grade. That's up here. Look at that. Because he cares for you. He's not up there just saying, hey, just put yourself down lower than dirt because, you know, you're down there. No, he cares for you. Cast your anxieties on him. Verse 8, be alert and sober of mind. Hey, don't get confused. Don't go trying to figure it out on your own because the enemy, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's always prowling around. If he finds you in a place that you're trying to do it on your own, he goes, I got some supper coming tonight. But when you keep casting your cares on him, you cast your anxieties on him, you're like, God, I'm submitting my life to you. I'm going to recognize that you're a higher rank than I am. So whatever you tell me is what I'm going to do. Then the enemy goes, oh. Look at verse 9. Resist him. That's something you got to do. Standing firm in the faith. That's another thing you've got to do. God is going to come down and say, okay, I'm going to resist the devil for you. Jesus, when he's tempted out in the wilderness, he didn't have the legions of angels come down and fight his battle. No, he was our example. He resisted the devil. He stood firm in the faith. That's what we have to do. I'm looking right in the camera. I'm telling you, that's what you have to do. You have to resist him, the devil. You have to stand firm and say, you know, I trust in you, God. Look at this. Because you know. And if you didn't know before today, you know now. Because you know that the whole family of believers are going through the same thing. The number one thing the enemy wants to try to do is get you off isolated over here by yourself. And you think, I'm the only one. No, I'm telling you this morning. I'm telling you today that the whole family believers are all facing the same things. My wife likes to say it like this, that all of us go through the same things. What I'm going through today, you may have went through yesterday or you may go through tomorrow. We're all facing the same things. So this morning, I want to invite you to bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. I've laid out a really strong case. I've talked a lot about surrendering, and I hope I've made it understandable for you. Because it's not about just continuing to try and make life work on my own terms. It's not about just trying to do however I think, and we're just going to throw this up against the wall and see if it's going to stick. It's not about trying to do life on my own. It is about surrendering to God. It's about noticing inside yourself and recognizing that God has a higher rank than you do. And as soon as you fall in line with the chain of command that is heavenly, that is godly, that is what you're created to do, then your life is going to straighten up The enemy is going to be rebuked for your benefit. Anxiety is going to fall off. And you're going to go through life 
with the greatest happiness you could ever experience. So this morning, I started off telling you that at the end of my services, the end of my messages, I always give everyone an opportunity. Here it is. Here's your opportunity to say that little prayer. And I encourage, honestly, I encourage everyone, even if you have been walking with Christ your entire life, that you've never slipped back, you've never, you're following in the perfect place. It's a good thing for us to renew our surrender. It's a good thing for us to recognize who he is in rank in our lives. I just want to help you with the words. If that's you this morning, no matter when it is you're listening to this, I want you simply to say these words with me. Say, Jesus, today I surrender. I want to know you. I invite you to come live inside my heart. Save me. Change me. Show me what and how to do it. Make my path straight as I follow you. Today I begin this relationship with you. I put my hope in you. And I'll follow your direction in my life. I put my faith in you. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Father God, I pray for everyone who prayed this prayer. Lord, as I often say, for the very first time, or maybe they prayed it a hundred million times. Lord, even for those of us who have, have walked with you for many, many years and have, have lived on the straight and the narrow and we've done the right things that we should do, and we pray that prayer again, saying, I surrender. Lord, as we go into worship the next time and we extend our hands and say, God, I worship you. I surrender to you. I have adoration to you. Lord, I give you my life. Father, I pray that your blessings would be upon everyone that prayed that prayer. Lord, I thank you that all of heaven rejoices when even one person but Lord, the multitudes of people this morning that are praying this prayer, I thank you and give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we talk often about the way we communicate with you, especially being an online church. It's, it makes it a little bit easier to do that communication as we have a texting um, ability, a way to communicate with you through text. So if you made that decision this morning, I want to encourage you to text the word NEXT to 469-289-1114. And those of you who are watching, you'll see it at the bottom of your screen. Those of you who are listening to the podcast, you can rewind it, but I'm going to say it one more time. Text the word NEXT to 469-289-1114. And it's just going to walk you through some prompts and you're going to get communication back and forth. And we want to help you with what your next steps could be if you'd like to take them. We also want to hear your testimonies. I so enjoy as I touch the lives of everyone during the week. And many of you are watching, I know, and listening. And, and I love the stories that I get to hear and the testimonies about what God is doing in your life. But we want to hear from you.
No matter where you're at in the world, we see the, the demographics of where all the podcasts are going and everyone is watching on YouTube and we get to see on a map where all the different dots are and that's so awesome. But we want to hear from you what's going on in your life. We want to hear prayer requests from you. And lastly, I want to invite you to ask somebody to take this journey with you. Whether you're coming here and, and worshiping with us in person or whether you're watching on your phone or watching on your TV with a Roku or an Apple TV or you're watching on YouTube or whatever it is or you're listening to the podcast, everywhere you can find a podcast, we're there. Share it with someone. Invite someone to take that journey with you and get into a conversation with intentionality tomorrow, the next day. Say, hey, what did you get out of the message? Tell me what, what did you write down? What notes did you take? Oh, what did you think about when Pastor Kevin said? It gives you an opportunity to start a dialogue because we're better together. You'll walk through life better when you have someone that you're making that journey with. Lastly, I just want to encourage everyone that wants to be a part of our financial success as a church. And I know there's many of you, and many of you are already doing it, but we always want to let everybody know that you can give to this ministry, and you go, simply do that by going to givetobelong.com. And it's just simple what you do, a couple little steps. And if you've never done it before, the first time you've got to give a little bit of information, then it stores it. It's all secure. We don't see any of that. We just see the money that comes in. It's all stored for your tax purposes. We are 501c3, so it's a safe place to give and a safe method to give. Again, that's givetobelong.com. Well, if you'll stand to your feet, we're going to pray and we're going to dismiss. Father God, I just thank you for what you're doing. Lord, in every one of our hearts. Lord, I thank you for this message that was deep this morning about surrendering and, and how we need to surrender our lives. Even, Lord, on this July the 4th weekend, we recognize that while we have a free country, we need to submit to a holy God. That there is a chain of command, there's a hierarchy, and you're at the top. You outrank me, and I need to put myself in line with that. Father, I speak a blessing over everyone who has sent in a prayer request. Lord, everyone who walked through sending the word welcome to our texting service that we can communicate back and forth. Those that have sent in prayer requests, Lord, we just agree with them in the name of Jesus. Lord, and for everyone who's donated, Lord, this week, we speak a blessing over their tithes and their offerings. Lord, I thank you that you're causing blessings to come into their life. Lord, even as they surrender in their financial area to, to step out for, maybe they haven't tithed for the first time, and Lord, this, this is the first week that they're going to do it. Maybe they haven't done it in a long time, and they're stepping back out into it. God, as we surrender our lives in total, that you're right there cheering us on, and we see our lives become straight. Father, I speak a blessing over your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.